0: Welcome to After Dark with and Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. I'm glad that you could join us tonight. How are you enjoying this weather, this global warming weather that they've been warning us about right now in New York City? It is, I want to say it's 26 degrees. The weather has been fluctuating up and down, as you know, this past weekend. They were looking for it to snow here in New York City. We did get some flurries, but not like the other parts of the state, like in Syracuse, upstate New York. They got a lot of snow, uh, but we, we didn't get it. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we did not I wouldn't mind having a little snow. Folks, tonight, my host is Heather Robinson, who is in, I think she's in Pittsburgh. And I think mm-hmm. she got some snow, but she was able to weather the storm. We also have on the show tonight a special guest, Kier Ding, who's going to talk to us about what happened to him in Sudan, his life? And, and it's a fascinating story. And Heather brought this to my attention. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have him on, because we see right now what's happening in Israel and with Hamas. We see here in the United States, a lot of kids are have been indoctrinated and don't quite understand the dangers of radical Islam. We also hear a lot of stories about slavery and what it has done. Slavery was a brutal institution here in America hundreds of years ago. Well, unfortunately, my guest tonight here actually knows a little bit about slavery because when he was a kid, unfortunately, he and his mom were kidnapped in Sudan, and he was a slave. And the brutality of that, he's going to share with us. So that's what we're talking about tonight. But before we get to that, I want to ask Heather, my co-host for tonight, how is the weather there in Pittsburgh? Are you still snowed in?
1: Well, it's about 14 degrees, Rob, oh and here, you know, we don't. Uh, I don't mean to make light of things, but let's just say that on the list of what I'm worried about, um, I would say right now, global warming is not at the top of the list because it's it's 14 <laughs> degrees and who would believe it freezing cold and snow in the middle of january well sounds you know that
0: right that sounds about right and that's the way it's supposed to be in january <laughs> although we have a lot of folks who would tell us oh no it's global warming it's not supposed to be that way eight degrees eight below and it was crazy and i'm like oh my gosh do i really want to live in new york city but that's just the way it was you know and yeah. here we are today On a Thursday night, a cold Thursday night in 2024 in January, and that's just just how the weather is. And not only that, guys, Heather, we just came out of the Iowa caucus. What I was surprised about is the people who actually came out to caucus, who didn't allow the weather to stop them, because these are Iowans. And they're used to this. They're used to the cold weather. They're used to it snowing. They're used to the temperatures falling down. That's just part of their life, and it happens every year. But then you have the naysayers who will come out and say, oh, no, oh, it's global warming and the world is going to come to an end. And it's like, but guys, come on, this is just the four seasons that we're experiencing. You will be okay, trust me. It will be okay, and you will be okay. So here we are on a cold Thursday night in January, and we're here doing another show on After Dark with Robin and Andrew, and we're not going to let the weather stop us. You know why? Because <laughs> we're used to it. We have to survive. We have to keep going on. We have to soldier through. So- right.
1: We won't let the chicken littles
0: <laughs> scare us. I we mean, won't look, let the I, chicken little scare us.
1: I'm not saying you know I'm an expert at uh, you know climatological issues. I all I can say is. When it's freezing cold in mid-January, that sounds pretty normal to me. I mean, if it were freezing cold in August in the Northeast, then I might be a little worried, more worried than I am about the seasons, which, I, you know, I have a friend who was a great stand-up comedian. My friend Julia Gord used to say, people, the weather is a diva. That's why it's called the weather, because you <laughs> don't know what it will snow or rain. So don't be so scared of the weather because variation in the weather, you know, within certain, you know, parameters is actually normal,
0: so. Right, it's normal and we can't let the weather stop us. So moving on uh, from the weather to our topic for tonight, as i mentioned, we have on with us a guest, special guest here, Ding, and he's gonna share with us his story Rather fascinating story, and as I mentioned at the top of the hour when we opened up, that Heather, you actually uh called this to my attention and you had mentioned him before on our show and said that we should have him on. And I reached out to him and I spoke with him. And interestingly enough, he has been following Andrew and I almost since the beginning of the show, uh, listening to us on uh when we were on, I think it was Twitter and Periscope. almost two years, almost two years now. Almost yes. two years. That, that's, that's here right now speaking, guys. Uh, almost two years. And also when we had our show on Facebook. So was I finally able to reach out to him to find out about his story so that he could share it with us. And one of the things I found fascinating about his story is that he's a survivor. Everything that he's gone through, he hasn't given up, so it seems, and he's still here today live in, in America. And I think that a lot of people need to hear his story and realize that unfortunate things happen to us in life, but we can persevere and we can keep going. The other thing that I found interesting about his story is that he's a Christian, and he was taken captives by, I think, non-Christians, and was he and his mom, and were in captivity. And this is modern-day slavery that many on the left don't want to talk about, they are quick to talk about the slavery in the United States that took place some hundreds of years ago. Slavery in any form is bad and it's brutal and it shouldn't be happening, but it's happening right now in 2024. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it and we've got to talk about it. But at the same time, we have to talk about the survivors and what happened and how they persevered. So in speaking with Keir, About his story, I found out that, as I mentioned, that he and his mom, they were kidnapped and then forced into slavery. And he, as a young lad, was given the job of looking after goats. And unfortunately, one day, one of the goats got lost, and his captors beat him. I mean, this was a young boy, beat him, and they tortured him, and it resulted in him losing his eyesight. It's just a horrible, horrific story. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him come on and we're going to ask him some questions about it. But going back to what I was saying about Christians, the, you know, we find this, we see this across the globe. Christians are being persecuted, not just Christians, but our Jewish brothers and sisters are also being persecuted. We see what Hamas mm-hmm. did to Israel back in October, October 7th. Fast forward here in the United States, we have people out on the streets protesting against Israel is almost to lift up Hamas. And these kids that are doing it, they don't understand what they're doing. They don't have a clue. I doubt they can even point to Israel or Pakistan on a map, let alone Sudan. They couldn't point to it. They would go, uh, uh, but yet and still, they're out protesting, saying that Israel should stop what it's doing and no one is holding Hamas accountable. This is extremely Mm -hmm. dangerous because when we, we forget history... We're doomed to repeat it, and that's what's happening yes. right now. People have forgotten it; they don't understand it. It's not being taught in schools, so we're doomed to repeat it. So that's the reason why. Another reason why this election is so important. Like I said, we saw what happened in Iowa. We have got to get out and vote. Vote like there's no tomorrow, because believe it or not, our lives depend upon it, and we can't take anything for granted. But going back to the persecution of Christians and Jews, never in a million years would we have thought this would be happening. And then when you look at the radical Muslims, Islam, people almost celebrate it. They're okay with it. Where is it that you can go out and say anything negative about Muhammad and not be frowned on? Whereas with Christianity, you have the single little Nas just put out a video mocking Christianity, mocking Jesus Christ. No, it's free speech. You can say whatever you want to say, but you would think that there would be some respect. But when it comes to the religion of Jews or Christianity, it's like, who cares? No one cares. You can do whatever you want to do. And that is wrong. And we need to wake up and we have to call it out. So here, thank you for coming on our show this cold Thursday night. How are you, my friend? I am doing
2: very well, Rob and Heather. Um, it's a, it's a, such a great uh, pleasure for me to be in this show, and um, I'm so happy to to be at this part of our global community where we discuss such uh, um, important matters that are happening.
0: So I want to start, before we get to your story, I want to ask you, uh, what are your thoughts, if any, on what you see that's happening here and America now that you've been here since I think 2013 is a completely different country from when you came when you see Americans out protesting for Hamas in support of Hamas what is your immediate thought about it um first
2: of all Rob um I will answer that but I want to say uh, my name is Charles Kier Deng I'm from South Sudan and um, many of people that will listen to this show, um, they know Lost Boys of Sudan, and uh, and Sudan is is divided into two countries, uh, South and North Sudan, and and that country is well blessed with resources that are beyond the limitation of anybody or any resources in the world. So if I can say, uh, so that way people will understand why I'm in this show today is that to share my story as a South Sudanese visually impaired that was not born with me. That way I lost all my family due to the the Arabization of where they want to Arabize Sudan. I personally am Christian and I was controlled to not practice my religion, which is my extremely my freedom for me to practice. So therefore for that how like the way you put it i put uh i put it this way that the what happened in sudan is just similar to what happening to every christian or to any other people and first of all i want to condemn whatever is happening that i am against it and that's why i want to be on show to encourage and to speak um those people are protesting i feel like uh, those are uh, emotion It's not based on the the truth on the truth and the uh, real, what is going on? Because uh, America uh, people are thinking more about polarization and how the country is so polarized to the extent that is is taking head beyond because of the images, the social media, and everything. So I would say some people have good have a good intentions, and some people need to know to listen from other two sides, not one sided manner. You know. Um, so that's what I will say, but I believe that what is happening and of which I want to share my story today is that there's no one should support slavery of anybody in this 21st century, in 2024 or any. And we must condemn that whether it's happening in Eastern Europe, it doesn't matter what part of the world. And for me, I'm an activist, I'm an advocate. I advocate for people with disabilities and what made me become to be a disabled it's not something that born with me was not disease is the disease that same thing that is happening now of which if we don't speak about those things we just let it go that we will lose friends we will not have friends if you talk about the the atrocities that are occurring then what we're we going to do as humanity so then we don't have a freedom of speech where no one have it right so america is home just like the way it's say in the bible a church is not a church just simply because of the brick. America's home because of the people. And the same thing that should happen to any country. People with common sense on where we see other people pain and we learn from it and how we improve that. Not just to say this is too far away from my house, but it's something that is close to us. So I'll stop there so that way I don't go too much. And if I have any question, please go ahead and uh, thank you.
0: There was a great uh, open introduction to yourself, uh, getting people to understand uh, your country, where you're from, and what happened. And one of the things that you mentioned is that the disability that you have, you weren't born with it. This was put upon you by the brutality of mean individuals, evil individuals. And as you said, the protests that are going on is because people don't understand. It's all emotional driven, them not knowing the truth. And as I said, when you forget history, you're doomed to repeat it. So Heather, before we go into his story, how did you get to meet Kier? If you could tell us. Well, we
1: met on the street in New York City. (laughs) I had had noticed Kier was, uh, you know, he's a very, very able man, but he had, because he's, uh, blind, there was something in his way and I, I asked if he wanted some assistance and so uh, this was on the subway and we got to talking and I learned he was from Sudan and I had done some research into what happened in Sudan starting in 1983. Well, actually, there were two two separate Super wars. wars. In right. Yes, right. In the 50s, yes, and then again in the 80s and uh, millions Millions uh, of of black Christians have been genocided, murdered, enslaved in Sudan by the Islamists, uh, Arab Muslims who were on a genocidal uh, campaign to to convert them to Islam, to enslave them. A lot of people just simply don't know about this, Rob. The, The international humanitarian left didn't bat an eyelash. This went on for decades and uh, I believe some two hundred thousand human beings, black Christians, were enslaved. Is that correct? Here, that yes. number two
2: hundred. Yes, it's um about 10, two million people okay. were killed. Uh, South Sudanese, um, which of course well, they're Christian, right? And um, yeah.
0: So yes, so, you're so, right. Let me let me just interject here. Uh, we're coming up on our first commercial break, but I want to ask you here: Why do you think that this isn't talked about more here in Western media, you have a group of people, a genocide that's taken place because of their religion Mm -hmm. by Arabs, and no one wants to talk about it. Now, if it were the other way around, we would hear about it nonstop. Look at what they're trying to say with Israel, that they're trying to commit genocide against the Palestinians, and that's not the truth. Why is it what you say in the Last couple of minutes before we go to commercial break, do you think this is not being publicized the way it should here?
2: Thank you. Um, It's just uh, if I can respond to that quickly, it's just like uh, where people say Jesus Christ. They will say negative thing about Jesus, but if you say something about Muhammad, then you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get killed. So, that's what I can say. And um, just similar, Pe- people have a right to say Jesus Christ or to insult Jesus. But if you say Muhammad, no one insult Muhammad. So, the same thing that what is happening to everybody, uh, whether, whether your religion, because the, just... the promotion that those people have, we don't have the same thing. And that's why we are grateful to have such a show and to have this freedom of speech where we talk. And not right. scared that if I crit- if I say something true, then I'm going to lose my friend. No, I'd rather lose my friend than losing the truth. Right. So and you.
0: I'm glad that you came on because we want to put emphasis on this, that Christians are being persecuted in Africa because of their religious beliefs. No one is saying anything about it. It's almost as if though it's hidden. We saw the same thing with Rwanda. You know, with the Tutsis and Hitsu tribe that were killing each other and it was all quiet as it was kept. Now we look at Sudan. And as you mentioned, Sudan, Sudan is rich in resources, but no one wants to say anything about the genocide. You tuned in to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. My co host tonight is Heather Robinson, and our guest is. Kerr Ding will be back after this commercial break to hear more about the story. Thank you. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD.
3: Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. HealthyCell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And healthy cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off.
0: Back, back to Dr. Robin Andrew, and my co-host tonight is Heather Robinson, and our guest is Keir Ding, and he's talking to us about his story, what he encountered in Sudan. And one of the things that he mentioned is that it is a country that is rich in natural resources. I'm sure a lot of people were completely unaware of it, but also uh, there's a huge Christian population here. What would you say the percentage of Christians that live in Sudan? Well, uh, the percentage in Sudan,
2: because basically Sudan is named, uh, is a black country, right? It's for black. So therefore the whole Sudan uh, from 19th century, when the, um, when the uh, colonial time, Sudan was one country uh, for black people, but then when the Arabization came, they moved everybody far away. They took the land, they killed most of the people. And so then they control the system of the law, where they imposed Sharia law. And so the population of Sudan now is, Sudan is divided into two countries in 2011. After losing so many lives of 2 million people, until this day, there's still problem. And, but now they're moving to South Sudan to the new country that became an independent country in 2011. So the population of Sudan now we don't know because of so much uh, wars and what happened. But I would say in South Sudan, basically, it's 90% of religion, which is Christian, and then other African, of which we, we were told that if we practice our traditional
0: then we are considered as a savages. Okay, so now I really, mm-hmm. let me just interject something here because I want to make certain that our listeners are hearing you correctly. When you said the colonization of the country and then you mentioned it was by Arabs because there is a misnomer that the colonization is by white Anglo-Saxon men. But here we have a situation in Sudan that you're saying that the colonization was by Arabs and they came in and tried to convert everyone over to Islam. And if you didn't accept it, it was your death. Is that correct? That's correct. Actually, you're
2: right, Rob, because simply when you hear about colonial and the slavery that Black people were slaves, the person sell us away to, to those things was a business. So they were making money. And that's the same thing, the wealth that they have. They were selling us away. So not a white person went and run and find us and, and go under the bushes and find who is who and have those marks. There was a person that
0: promoting that when they're getting rich. See, I, again, that's something else I'm glad you're mentioning because you have a lot of blacks here that are completely unaware of the history. What they're being told is that the evil white man came over and he stole you from Africa and he brought you here. You no. hear the part that this was a business and they, were capturing, they mm-hmm. were capturing Africans and selling them. See, this yes, is the history that blacks are completely unaware of. And if you try to tell them, they will not hear. So again, <clears throat> you were there in, in Sudan, you and your mom. Yes. What happened um, that horrible day? What happened if you could walk us through it? Thank you. So I was born in South Sudan in
2: 1993. And um, as you know, South Sudan, um, the war broke out in 1983, as Heather mentioned it earlier. So my hometown, which is located in in Sudan, which is close to Darfur, if you hear the Darfur genocide. So my village was captured. I was literally young. I don't even have memories of it. But my mother was taken. Our house was burned down. Our livestock, such as goats, cows, were taken. I, I don't remember the day, but the pain I, I, I endorse is not even me losing the goat and then losing my eyes, but the, the pain that I saw is from my mother's eyes because my mom never had a chance to sleep. She's always abused. And for me, when I asked my mom what happened, she cannot explain it because it's such horrendous for her. At that time, I was young, actually, I did not really understand. The person who enslaved me is Zakaria, right? He abuse us most of the time where we don't, I don't pray. When I want to pray, if I say something, he control me. he want to change my mind to be only Islam, to think about Islam, not my religion, not even my own mother tongue. I couldn't even talk in Dinka because I'm from the Dinka tribe. So what happened is that when I grew up, I asked my mom, Where's my father? My mom could not explain it to me. Because if that happened, then she will be beaten or I myself will be separated. So my mom used to come only one time to visit me. And when we talk, I cannot uh, say something that we talk about. Because if I say something, then my slave master will come and interview me. After I talked to my mom, what did you guys talk about? You see? So that means I don't have even freedom, my mom, to teach me about what happened. So when I find it, I find it hard in my life. And that's why, first thing, I want to recognize um, a nonprofit organization that helped me, CSI, where they paid to let me free. And I'm grateful for my Jewish family that or for my American family, if I can say so, that way I don't give a soul, but I want to appreciate the person that who helped me for me to be here, where I met Heather, and where now I'm enjoying the freedom more than ever. And I wish the same freedom should happen to anyone that who is in captivity or who's still, and we should not be silent. That That's why I came to the show. And my mom, until this day, I don't know. I am the one that, I have no mother. I have no father. The only people I have is people who understand me. But because the reason they understood me is not that I did not take my pain to be silent. I talk. I tell people what happened, and that's why I made it to America. I Did not make it to America because if I was quiet, no one would know what I went through me, and and therefore I wish anyone that is suffering based on somebody is accepting that pain and is not disease, something that. Uh, it's not born with you. The cure for it is for us to speak and for us to have, to uh, elevate each other to help each other. And um, my mom until this day, the pain that I endured affected me even now when I'm when I'm grown up. Now, when I was young, I did not know the pain that I was going through. I thought that was the life. I thought that's why I was supposed to be. Of which now I don't. I I, I not want to be like that. Right. So, so, and we still have those people. We still have those people. Like, if I can say, 1994, 1994, the the Arabs, the regime that was controlling Sudan was building the weapon to annihilate Black African. It was bombed by United States, the chemical store, the the chemical company that was trying to annihilate Black people. It was bombed by President uh, Bill Clinton when he was in power don't know that so America played a huge role in South Sudan and also in Africa in some part and to go back about colonial when you talk about that actually there's some good things that Colonial did yeah. Colonial gave black people education. it was a business it gave us education. they educated most of the school if you if you if you look up most of the schools are being opened by colonial more than the Arabs right So therefore, it's just misunderstanding and a lack of reality where we don't actually bring those people who went through pain and we just talk about it based on emotion and based on our friendship. But it shouldn't be like that. And this need to be stubborn should be condemned to anyone because nobody who allowed to do something like what is happening right now in Israel. That, that's not, that That is something that we'll talk about it later, but thank you.
0: Well, wow, that's, that's powerful. And I would also remember reading that you were one of the individuals that helped to bring you to America, was Bruce Ratner that he saw you uh, on a playground. Other kids were playing and you were off to yourself with your head down and that he wanted to speak with you. And he knew immediately from, you know, when you started speaking, your the bright smile that he's like, I need to help this kid. I need to help him. And again, what I, and I bring that up because here we have a Jewish man helping a Christian. And so many times in the media, they try to pit the two against each other. Like they're bad. The Jews are bad. They've done this and they've done that. And here we have a story here of a man who didn't have to do it, who went to Africa with his sister and he happened upon you, and instantly he said, I want to help this kid, and brought you here. You have the surgery for your eyes. It's a remarkable story. And then you found Heather, and I look at my relationship with Heather also, a Black man, a Christian, and a Jewish woman. And I know, so maybe- society would tell you that this can maybe. exist. There is hate people will have differences. Heather and I don't always agree on the same thing, especially when we're talking about politics and talking about my position on the media and how I feel that it should be shut down. (laughs) But we're able to have that dialogue and that conversation. And these are the things that people, the miseducation, talk about miseducation. This is definitely a miseducation that's going on. And as you mentioned, like, Look at what happened because of colonization, how many Africans were given, had the opportunity to get an education. And then at the same time, you have like the former president, Bill Clinton, you know, who was providing these bad people with weapons to annihilate Africans. But yet, still i No, actually, sure uh,
2: no, let's yeah. make correct a little bit. No, actually Bill Clinton destroyed the Arabs that were building weapon factory in 1994. That would bet the one to annihilate South Sudanese. You see? So he stopped it. He stopped it.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Right.
1: America tried to, to be of help to the Christians. Also, George W. Bush did a great deal to try to usher in the, the creation of an independent South Sudan. Oh, Correct a lot. Here?
2: Without. George Bush, you know, is it's one of our more than Obama in South Sudan. No one cared about Obama in South Sudan. You know that? Really, we, we like mm-hmm. George Bush more than Obama. You know why? Because George Bush really helped South Sudan, and he was a person that was against radical Islamists. Actually,
0: oh. wow! So so you, don't hear don't those, you, you don't hear you don't hear those stories. So to set the record straight, yeah. Bill Clinton tried to help the Africans that were there the against Africans. the brutal Islamist. Tried to help the black Christians. This is like again. These are stories that we don't hear about. These because Saddam Hussein be... was hiding in Sudan. Saddam Hussein was being
2: was hiding in Sudan. He lived there for six years. You oh, know. So you mean
1: you mean Bin Laden? Bin Laden. Bin Laden.
2: Yeah. Bin Laden. Yeah. It Laden. was.
1: It was. Yeah. The government, uh, the, the Islamist government of Sudan at the time, led by Omar al Bashir, gave Bin yep. Laden a place to set up his training camps. Now this would have been in the 90s, I believe. Here, this was in the uh, 90s,
2: exactly. Yes.
1: And so exactly. he, this is really where Bin Laden gained strength. It wasn't just in Afghanistan. It was the uh, the radical Islamists, Omar al Bashir, the Arab leader of Sudan, who who gave you know Bin Laden shelter, gave him space, gave him all protection. kinds of resources, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. protection yes yes and meanwhile the christians of south sudan who you know tend to be amazing people including our guests tonight tend to be the sweetest moral you know amazing people people who have stood for up for christianity and values who have stood with israel have been brutalized for decades brutalized by the islamists in south sudan so that brings us back to you know this whole horrible, horrible treatment of Black people in the Arab Muslim world. In places like Sudan, in Egypt, um, there's been, you know, real, I mean, we throw the word racism around a lot, but um, no racism is good, but there are degrees. And I think, you know, Kir, you can speak to this better than I can, but the racism of some, you know, we don't want to overgeneralize, but some Arab Muslims toward Blacks is something that is,
2: wh- the, how would you describe it? The way I would describe it, Heather, um, is that Islam, the indoctrination of Islamism, right? Is basically, it's is extremely radical. For example, women don't have rights. And, and if you are, for example, I'm Christian. I'm not allowed to marry a Muslim woman But a Muslim man can marry a Christian woman. So what does that mean? It's a replacement of the culture. You see, that happened. So if I married a Muslim woman, I would be in jail. And and those things are real things, are real. So therefore, the Sharia law that was imposed, and that's the ideology, like you see Hamas and everything, is that they don't recognize you, if, if you are so. And, and even until this day, when I meet them, I'm like, okay, now you're in America, we are all here. What is it? They said, oh, you know what? It would take us 20 years or 30 years, but this is America, we're going to rule it. And that's what they kept telling me. You know, I, I speak Arabic very clearly. I'm trilingual. I speak Arabic and I speak English. And so sort of my English is a little bit, is on life support, but, but what I want to say is that Islam there's some people who take a, a religion in, in in how they want, and it's based on who educate you about the religion. So, so uh, for example, when they want to colonize Sudan, they don't want us to practice our own religion. They don't want us to be Christian. They only want is Islamism that where they can rule the country of Sudan. And so that's what is happening now in Israel is that they don't want them. They don't want other people. They want to replace. And I think Israel is standing with a good cause, and I stand with it. It's not just simple that they're Jewish, but I just know that it's a reality that I went through, I live it, and I feel so sad to see young people that are being abducted. And then abducted, this word became in 1992, and it happened in Sudan. In uh, 1992, that's Dr. John Garang, one of the fighters of Sudan, he went to school here in the United States, in Iowa University. He became a doctor. He went home. He fought for the liberation of Sudan and he became the first vice president black African there and they eliminated him. So in 1902, he came to the United Nations and he addressed the slavery that was happening in Sudan and all the Arab leagues of nations. The old advocate and said, no, there's no slavery in Sudan, only in Sudan. It's an like abduction. and abduction is a slavery. That's a word. If you Google at the United Nations, that word became that, but it's usually slavery because why? Because when I was abducted is that I'm not allowed to know about myself. I'm not allowed to know my father's name, my mother's name. My mother needed permission. I'm being beaten. Um, I'm being told that, oh, if you think like, uh, if you are African and you don't believe in uh, in Islam, then you are doesn't then you're nobody. You are just a loser, you see? So I became very, very confused because when you are young, you're trying to, I'm trying to recover, to discover myself about who I am. So therefore, and this is something that like, um, if you, here in America, most of people know about Lost Boys of Sudan. Most of them, they got angry. So Lost Boy of so Sudan, when we hear about them, the military that were upset, the young kids that were very angry about the abuses that was happening in Sudan, where our houses, our cows, our women are being raped in front of us. So they got angry and they rebelled and they went to join a military camp in Ethiopia. And so that's where they became known here in Western countries. People like Josh Kuluni, Spread the word and just clearly put a satellite so that we see what the those people are doing. And that's something that we need to know. America played a big role. And the same thing that people don't understand. We all need help of each other. The same thing, Israel also. The only countries I knew, even I never had an education, was America and Israel when I was young. I never heard of China when I was young. And, and why am I saying that? We are a strong community and which there's nothing that can break us apart. We're not against Islam, but we are against the culture that is imposed to them. And what the way they think it's not right to replace other people or to do that, you know. And I hope the young generation should think out of the box, not in the box of where they are from. Like I myself, if I see a Christian person doing something wrong, I would tell them right away, like, hey, what you're doing is not right because we live in such an age of where we all need each other and we we, we we live in the age of technology. No one is stupid anymore. You see, a blind person can read Braille, a deaf person can read. So what we do is for us to love each other as humanity, as one community. And that's what I would love that to be happen. And when the when you see a wrong thing, we don't have to just say, okay, because I'm Christian, yes, this person I have to support. Don't support the wrong thing simply because of your party or your political affiliation. No, you can, we are agreed to disagree, like the way Rob said earlier. So thank you.
0: Wow, that was powerful. We're up against another commercial break, and we'll be back with more of our guest, Ker Ding. Thank you.
3: Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. America AmericaOutloud.news was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity.
1: So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org.
0: And we're back to the last half of After Dark with Robert Andrew. And my co-host tonight, Heather Robinson, and our guest is Keir Ding. And when we went to break, he was telling us about all of us needing to work together and appreciate and calling out the wrong and raising attention when we see wrong so that it can stop. And when we went to break, Heather was asking Kier some questions. And I said, well, let's just put it on the air and let's just ask the question there. Go ahead, Heather.
1: Well, Kira, I, I wonder, when I see these groups protesting, ask, calling for ceasefire, we, we see some of them are Arab Muslims, appears that way. Some are white kids, some are black Americans screaming, free Palestine. I feel like, first of all, I believe they're all misguided. And I think to myself, do the black people know how severe the racism is in many parts of the Islamist world? And if they knew that, frankly, a lot of Islamists consider black people slaves, if they understood that and do enslave black people. And I mean, I. One doesn't want to overgeneralize, but correct me if you think I'm wrong here. I don't think the Palestinians have any interest in black people or helping black people. I doubt most Palestinians have a high opinion of black people based on everything I've learned from you and from others. I feel like if black Americans understood this fully, would they have any interest in free Palestine? What do you think? So
2: we'll have a to be frank, um, mm-hmm. the ceasefires is a prolong of terrorism. It's a promotion of terrorism. And exactly as you know what Hamas did, of which everybody knows, it's well-planned. That's why they build those mm-hmm. tunnels in such a populated uh, place, places such as camps, schools. So therefore, if you're promoting ceasefire, that means you're promoting yeah. a prolong of Hamas living and to trying to find a way to escape, and to trying to find a way to regenerate their power to get their weapon again.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: how did how how do we support that? Who support that again to happen to let allowed when we are about when Israel is about to eliminate an enemy? Why you want to hold yeah. them their arm back? So therefore, if you promote ceasefire, that means you're promoting. Hamas reconnect with Iran and those countries, that way they got weapons. So therefore, I think that is, for me, the way I know it, yes, of course, there's some civilians or so, Palestinians that are dying. But in the end of the day, even for them to be free again and to not have war, I think, is to have a different system. And that's what uh, a lot of people have been saying. And it doesn't have to be Israel or it doesn't have to, but ceasefires to me is a red line because then that is going to happen. We don't know what they will do next. Now they, they, they're fighting. Now they understand, they're learning, they're studying. So ceasefires are so prolong of war that will not stop. So therefore yeah. those people who are saying, so what's the next plan if there's ceasefire? What they're going to do to Hamas? Will Hamas accept the ceasefire? What will they do after that?
1: Well, so how long it, would
2: this con- you, continuation Should this be a, something that we have to deal with every century, every decade?
1: Yes. So we well, to- you're so smart and you get, I mean, you're explaining it on every level strategically. I agree with you. My question, in addition for you, though, is just on the, the basic level of who's the ally of whom. To me, it just seems, frankly, like, if I were a black person and I had any idea the way most, many Islamists, radical Muslims treat blacks, I would want no part of any of their cause. And I, you know, I feel like, do black Amer- Americans understand, you know, and you correct me here if you think I'm exaggerating, but the word for a black person, correct, in Sudanese is Abid. it means slave.
2: Exactly, like, exactly. Black-
1: Blacks are viewed, black people are viewed as, as lesser, as slaves in, throughout Sudan by the Arab Muslims in Egypt. When many of them tried to escape through Egypt, they were bludgeoned to death in front of the uh, Egyptian embassy. Honestly, black people are, you know, treated, I hate to even say it, but like animals by a lot of Arab Muslims. And then I see a lot of people, you know. Black Americans out there screaming free Palestine. And I think to myself, if they only knew, <laughs> you know, most of these people have no interest in black liberation. I can assure them, you know, in fact, and OK, I'm not saying that the Palestinians are enslaving black people, but they're, they're co-religionists, their fellow radical Muslims are, you know, and I mean, they certainly don't have a, any big problem with it. I mean they're not opposed to it they're... so I mean I wondered if you wanted to say anything about that here about one, if you want to tell your fellow black people you know that they're picking the wrong side here
0: if before he answers that I want to say that a lot of them don't know they're completely uneducated because of what has been told to them. It's an indoctrination. It is the same way they perceive or what the left is telling them about white people, you know, and mainly- And 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 Jews, white people and conservatives, like they're bad, they're not good for you. But when we look Mm -hmm. back at King's March on Washington, some almost like 60 years ago, and we find ourselves back still at the same starting point asking for something. We need this. And King said, because we just the celebration of his birthday, King said, mm-hmm. content of character. And you have these Black liberals and white liberals who have moved the goalpost from content of character to identity politics, to looking at race, to looking at color, to looking at gender, looking at sexuality. That was not part of what King's dream was. Well, that was content of character and his dream was that we all live together, but they have changed it and they don't even want to talk about it. And Heather, the other thing about it is if they have changed it such that. They won't even bring it up. I remember Barack Obama, hardly ever would he talk about King's dream of content of character. And you have these young kids that are coming up. They probably know nothing about Martin Luther King, nothing about the dream, nothing about the civil rights movement. The only thing they know is that what the liberal media and Democrat Party is telling them is that white people are bad, especially if you're Republican. Donald Trump is racist. These people are racist. And you hear that word used so liberally. He's a racist. He's a racist. She's a racist. Everything is racist. The climate is racist. If you don't like me, you're a racist. I'm sorry, go ahead, Heather.
1: The worst of the race, real racism is in the Arab Muslim world. We right. where blacks are literally enslaved.
0: I enslaved. Mean,
1: want to be concerned about racism. I'm not saying there's no racism here, but it it pales in comparison to what the Islamists are doing to your fellow black people now. I would submit to not you not there's the racism. People.
0: There is racism yeah. all over. I mean, they're they're like you mentioned.
1: Yes. So it's like why I mean do do black Americans think that uh, Palestinians and Hamas cares about them? Do they think they're gonna march with them for civil rights? Nope. nope. They're enslaving blacks.
0: But I they mean, don't know it. They don't they don't see it. And the media is not going to share that with them. So I'm glad you brought that up to Kier. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's exactly what we see is happening.
1: In his mouth. I mean, he, well, no, we're not putting words in his
0: mouth, but I can speak, I can speak as a black man and I can tell you. That they're not being told this. They're not being told the truth. It's a miseducation. And when you see people out in the streets that are saying, you know, free Palestine, it's like Palestine is not under some type of, you know, uh, slavery. That's not it. They should be asking Hamas to leave Palestine, but they're not doing it. And as you mentioned, and we've talked about this on the show before, I've talked about it with Andrew, I've talked about it with B.B. Diamond that you have people out in the streets, both black and white, celebrating almost what Hamas did on October 7th. And then they're, they're making it seem as if though that the Arabs, these radical Muslims, would wel- welcome them with open arms. And you even have uh, members of the gay community, the LGBTQ community, that are doing the exact same thing. And it's like, you they'd guys are be, foolish. They'd
1: be cut to pieces. They'd be pushed off buildings. They'd be tortured very quickly. They're, they're. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, do these gay people think that Hamas and most Palestinian radicals are interested in their cause? I can assure them they are not.
0: They they're would not. be
1: dealt with brutally and swiftly by the Palestinians. They'd be torn to pieces. They are useful idiots
0: they're useful idiots and they're being used to the utmost and it's really it's, it's shameful
1: and i can assure anybody who's a free speech advocate there is no free speech there i was lucky i got out in one piece myself wow so these people are naive they're fools and they're they're participating in great
0: evil is the truth great evil and, and you see this happening you know, and, and, and we see this, and we see it. As, and as I said in the first block, if we forget history, we are doomed to repeat it. And people need to wake up, understand history, and learn from history. Because we are at a dangerous point in society. And for Kier to come on and to break all this down, we've got to have him back on again, Heather, because he's very insightful. Some of the things that he has said are things that I have always known. And then trying to tell my fellow Black brethren and sisters this, they don't hear it because of what they've been taught. It's a miseducation. Not only that, just people as a whole are white brethren also. It's a Mm miseducation of these individuals and it's by design. And that is a reason why The folks in power right now want to get to our children at a young age so that they can start the indoctrination so that they can tell them what they want them to know as opposed to them knowing the truth, as opposed to them knowing real history. How many Blacks out there were were aware that there were Arabs that went in, they were also colonizing many of the African nations. They don't even know it. I remember when I was in college, And I would have some of my black associates who would be mad at Africans and say, oh, you guys sold us off and you guys did this to us and this. And I'm thinking, learn history, understand history. But they don't because they've got a little bit of knowledge that was an indoctrination and they're running with it. And that's what we see that is happening. And something else that here mentioned that I found to be really interesting as that you can insult a Christian, Jesus Christ, God, the Jewish faith, all day long, and nothing is said. But the moment you insult Muhammad, it's like the world is gonna stop. Remember uh, Heather back well, in the you know,
1: I know, but that said, Rob, I per- personally don't have any wish to insult Muhammad and I know
0: Neither you you do I, here. neither do I, neither
1: I mean, do I, I. I wasn't raised to insult people's religion and I You know, I I think that the the really important thing is we need to express and and unite behind a policy that says grabbing babies and elderly off the street is not going to be tolerated. Terrorism is not legitimate political expression. You cannot dedicate yourself to the annihilation of another people and say it's a fight for freedom. Whatever, you know, people to their religion i'm not against islam I, it's nothing i mean we don't care what they preach except when it becomes about dominating and subjugating and trying to annihilate other people and say we're going to push you all into the sea and right. grabbing random people. that is unacceptable they have to understand once and for all you know in the world you know this isn't about somebody's and nobody's trying to insult You know what they, you know, prophet or this or that. It's about no terrorism, no slavery, no genocidal ambition. That's got to end. That's got to end. As Karen
0: said, having a mutual respect for each other, as opposed to trying to tear the other person down. And as you said, we're not against Islam. We're not trying. We don't want to go out and insult the Prophet Muhammad. There should be a mutual respect for all religion. But at the same time, you can't assume and think that my religion is better than yours and we're going to go out and we're going to push you all into the sea and it's okay. Unfortunately, Heather, we are up against the time. I want to thank you for coming on and hosting with me tonight. I also want to thank our guest, Keir Dean, for coming on. And I would encourage you all that when this comes up on podcast, to share it with your friends and relatives and learn, educate yourself as to what's happening in our society. And Heather, we're going to have him back on again. Because there's more for us to dissect and more for him to share. You've been listening to After Dark yes. with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. And as I always end the show saying, God bless America and God bless Israel. Thank you. Amen.